we do such a disservice to people when we give them a system or a formula to walk out their lives. And I think what I want to do is teach people how to connect with themselves, to connect with their values, and then from a place of wholeness and freedom say, all right, how do I want to move forward? Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Liana. I'm Jared. And we are here on a beautiful day. It is lovely outside. In Southern California. Mm-hmm. It's been, we've had some like really great weather. Yeah, it's been like, it's like we have a real spring, which I don't think we had no. last year. Like it's actually like the coldest has been all year, <laughs> even in like the throes of winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we recorded with our guest just a couple days ago and I totally fangirled. You had a very profound experience. It was actually like beautiful and sweet to watch. It was, and I felt like Kat and I really connected on kind of like um, a soul spirit, kindred spirit kind mm-hmm, of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kat, if you're listening, I appreciate you. <laughs> Please be my kindred sister, and then, soul sister. And then, and then I was just third wheeling <laughs> on, this, on this weird date the two of you were having. <laughs> no, it, so Kat Harris um, is an amazing woman and she does a lot of work of kind of through her podcast and her book and her social media of talking about Christianity and sexuality and how the two mold together, fit together. Do they mold together? Do they fit together? Kind of her deconstruction of her own Christian faith and what that means to her. And I thought it was a really well thought out, given conversation that without judgment, without Mm -hmm. expectation, I just thought it was a beautiful conversation. I agree. I think she's like a very cool human. Um, And I think, like, on a similar journey to, like, you and me of, like, figuring out, like, what is, what is our faith mean? Like, what what is our faith today compared to what it was when we were younger and things like that? And, um, and it was really nice for me to see you meet somebody that kind of immediately made you feel sort of better about where Mm -hmm. you are and your journey. But one thing I want to say to you is that. I, I feel like where Kat can be like a, a good role model, right? Is like that she's very sort of secure in where she is today, e- even though she's still figuring it out, right? But I also want to say to you, like there's so many ways that I think you're almost sort of farther along in your journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, you're a little like freer, I think of like, well, I'm less worried about how people who are still in that sort of church mindset are going to respond to me. Like, Mm. this is what's in my heart. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's hard because I understand where people in the process of deconstructing their faith are. Yeah. And it's really hard. And Mm -hmm. when I started this podcast, it was really scary because of that, because Mm -hmm. I knew Christian friends, um, people who knew my mom and dad would hear about it, would start listening. What would they think? Like, do they think I'm a sinner? Do they think I'm going to go to hell? Like, you know, so that did cross my mind with everything that I had gone through with my divorce. And so I think I just chose to 
Um, just, you know what? This is me. This is what you get. Yeah, see, and, and that's where I think, like, you know, when I say, like, sort of farther along, like, I don't think that this is, like, uh, you know, there's no better or worse in this whole oh, thing, right? Oh, for like, sure. But I, but I do think, right, like, you, your courageousness in just sort of, like, putting yourself out there and being real and raw and vulnerable and, you know, is, like, um, I think that's something, like, really admirable that a lot of people who are on the same journey like even people who have like amazing other strengths and gifts and stuff like that like i think that's one that you have in in you know much more than so many other people who are who are putting themselves out there in these yeah. ways so i just wanted to say that to you thank you friend yeah. i appreciate that yeah. um uh, what i was gonna say too is um, so, you know, we do talk about Christianity and spirituality a lot on the mm, show, even mm -hmm. though it's like not a Christian show, yeah. but <clears throat> because it was so much of a part of both of our lives, yep. um, you know, it's really important to us, but I just want to say if you're not a Christian or you don't believe in God or whatever, um, you know, I think still listen to the conversation because I think a lot of people are turned off by Christianity and turned off by the church because of things of what we are deconstructing. Yes. And so, if anything, I hope that we represent a quote-unquote Christian that, like, you would feel comfortable around, that, mm -hmm. like, isn't judging you. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, sure, like, I have beliefs and I have my faith or whatever, but I also, like, have so many friends who don't have those beliefs. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just really a really great conversation, and I... Um, I'm really like grateful for Kat that she, this is her business. Her business is bringing this information, trying to bring this information to people and to a very conservative Christian audience. Yeah. So it's almost and that like, is, yeah. that is much harder in the sense of we are not, we're, our, our audience is not tip like majority conservative Christian, Yeah, you know? So in, in a sense, you know, what she's doing is almost like, I think, more courageous in that sense because true. she's more likely to get so much more backlash yes. on that. So anyway, but well, I appreciate you saying that, and I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, thank you. Yes. but but I, I I think you're right though. Like, so there's this Buddhist idea of like skillful means that you like you you should always sort of teach not the way you want to teach, but like to figure out like what is the best way to get this other person to learn and to, so to like, you know, and, and that's gonna be different for every different person, right? And mm -hmm. I think Kat is sort of employing that idea. And it's kind of, I think about the way I talk to my Republican family members about political issues is I, I don't tell them what I true, you know, I don't like right. just come out both barrels with what I feel. Right, because like, then they would yeah, then it, they they would just retreat into a defensive crouch, right? And it it like uh, makes people more extreme, even. And mm -hmm. so you know, by approaching that audience and sort of giving people like little, you know, like like nudging them a little bit, like nudging people along of like, well, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that you know uh, there wasn't actually a virgin birth but maybe mm -hmm. think about this part mm -hmm. you know it's like like make you know instead of being extreme in a way that will turn people off but I, I do it's important to me so the same way it's important to me because I care about social justice issues 
Like, I feel like work I can do is talking to other white people and sort of bringing them along, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so that that emotional labor is not on people of color. Mm -hmm. Like, I sort of feel the same way about the, as a person who still, like, loves the teachings of Jesus Christ, right? Like, that, like, it would be shitty to run around the same way people run around and go, like, not all men. It's like, well, then tell the shitty men, right? Like, it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're like, not all Christians. It's like, no, 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 then do the work with the shitty Christians who are judging people and who are mm-hmm. pro-Trump and who are all of these, you know, anti-Black Lives Matter, whatever. And so I I hope everybody, and, and not because, I don't know, this is getting off on a weird tangent, but not because of, you know, I think my beliefs are right, but whatever gets people to be more compassionate to themselves and others and to lead happier lives that aren't about like, I have to be better than other people and I have to make more money and whatever. Like, I, just anything that brings people peace and makes them more kind and compassionate towards others, like, that's that's my religion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, like, so I I, I love that Kat was willing to, to sit down with us and have this conversation because I think, I, I think she's truly doing that work, too. And I think that's, Absolutely. that's the work of our podcast, too, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. And we do talk about Black Lives Matter and Trump and wearing Mm -hmm. a mask and how that fits into Christianity and how a lot of Christians look at it. And I don't know. There's just so many. We could literally talk about this forever. But we I want to like make the intro like semi short. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So let's talk uh, about a couple housekeeping things. So first Mm -hmm. of all, guys, um, just pause this for a second. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Click the five star um, rating for us. If you can have time to write a review, we really appreciate it. The more ratings, the more consistent reviews, the more Apple's going to share our show mm-hmm. so we can reach more listeners so that the show can keep growing. And we just, yes. we need your help. So if you guys could do us a solid and write in a review, we really appreciate that. Um, and then the Patreon account. So uh, another way to support the show financially is to head over to our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. And it's just three bucks a month. That's it. A mm-hmm. three buck tier. Um, you can pledge more. You can pledge less. I don't remember if I said this, but all of the bonus episodes that we did when we first had the Patreon are still there. Oh, and there's one where like I share a lot, I think. Yeah. I should yeah. go back and listen to that. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, there's one where Jared shares a lot. There's one where I shared something That's I right. never shared on the podcast. That's right. I just uploaded my raw conversation to myself about what happened with the oh, Christian yeah. Hinge guy. So, and again, like the $3 tier, like bonus episodes future are not guaranteed, but we'll most likely be turning on the mic and maybe it's something we don't want to air to the public. And so yep. we're going to put on there. So if you want it, that's it. It's three dollars. Yep. Um, the more pledges we get, the more we can afford to keep the show going, and yep. we really appreciate it. So yeah, head over to Patreon.com/slash Hello and Goodbye Podcast. Yeah, and thanks so much to like our listeners that um, you know have done that, and also just kind of like they post about the show and show us love. Like yes, right, Allison and Amy and all and these Brenda, yes, and Brenda and all these awesome people. Yes, we yeah. We've, I mean, it, it's so weird. It's like 
I want to, I, I have, I become friends with a lot of you. I know. And um, I want to get to the point where there's enough, I, I can make this more of my full-time job so I can just spend more time talking with you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we just appreciate you guys. Share with a friend, tag us on social media. We'll always repost, we'll tag you. If you pledge, we'll put it on the, on the Instagram and yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. All right, I think that's it for housekeeping. Okay. So do you want to do your update first? You sure. have a dating theory first. slash, oh, should we talk about how we just started doing Google Docs to, to actually have an order for when we record our episodes? Ourselves organized, <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's happening in my life? Uh, I'm still not sure if I'm going to do this triathlon or bail <laughs> triathlon or not. So I just, today I just finished I did a 40-mile bike ride and a little quick two-mile run at the end of it, which I felt pretty good. I would have, like, could have kept going, but we had to record. When is the triathlon? May 1st. Oh, Lord. It's like I just up. think it's so funny. I laughed because it's like, I feel like this has been the thing for a year. You're like, will I do the triathlon? Will well, I not do because the it, it's been I know. over a year. Like, I know. Because it was supposed to be... It was last supposed to be a May? year ago. Yeah. yeah. And it got canceled for COVID. Which you were relieved. Yeah. And then you were like, well, I'm still going to train for next year. And they were like, no, I'm not going to do the triathlon. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And now you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. So I swam and my shoulder hurt, but like mm. not like I was aggravating it. So I'm going to try mm. again. And then it didn't hurt the next day. So I'm going to mm. keep trying. I don't know. Um, so that's happening. I have been very slowly like dipping my toe back into dating. Um, and so this is my theory. Just one toe? Yes, just one toe. It's <laughs> my theory and question for you. Um, so it's like, you know, you message people and whatever. And like, I, so I feel like, I think what I realized because I recently started talking to someone and had like a, a FaceTime, whatever. And like, she was like really cool. Um, and it was like actually talking to someone that I'm like, oh, you're really cool and we have a lot in common. Like, I think that made me realize, like, may maybe, like, my heart really isn't in this and mm. I'm not, I'm not at a place, you know? And because I can, like, objectively be like, oh, this person's really cool and there's, like, kind of a nice connection here. But, like, I'm not, like, feeling it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, like, oh, like, I'm excited and I want to mm -hmm. spend more time around this person. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, there's not that, like, spark thing. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, so what are the ethics of this situation? What do I do? And I'm going to give you like a spectrum, right? Okay. So like one end of the spectrum is I just pretend like my heart's in it and everything's fine. And I like sort of masquerade and like pretend like I'm like just excited to be dating and at the this place where I'm like really open, blah, blah, blah. That's one end of the spectrum. Okay. The other end of the spectrum is I just... I recognize that if I'm not in a place right now, I should shut everything down, stop talking to this person that I think is cool and feel like I have a connection with, just completely like, I'm sorry, I'm not in a place, boom, cut it off, whatever. Or like somewhere in the middle of those two things, which could look like, you know, uh, being honest about where I'm at and saying like, I think you're really cool. I like talking and like hanging out. But if you're cool with like, like really and truly like 
only building a friendship, then like, if you're in, open to that, then I'm interested in that or whatever. So like, what what is the right thing to do? Well, I think what what do you want out of it ultimately? Like, building a friendship. Do you see? it turning into something romantic and do you see a future with it or is it that you want to build a friendship because you're feeling lonely that's a good question i don't know the answer to that yeah. question i think it, i think it could be like a little bit of both yeah okay yeah. so what i would do is if you feel the connection mm -hmm. and you want to meet her or you want to keep facetiming or whatever um i would just be really honest and just be like um hey listen i'm gonna be really transparent with you you know, I recently got out of a breakup mm -hmm. and I've been kind of dipping my toe in the dating scene and I haven't really decided if I'm ready yet. I do feel a connection with you mm -hmm. and I don't want to hurt you. Mm -hmm. So I want to be completely honest with where I'm at and that is that I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to keep talking with you, but in a slow pace. Mm -hmm. And I understand if that's something that you're not interested in or you would rather you're looking for someone who's going to move a little faster. And in that case, you know, I respect whatever you decide. Yeah. I like that. And I think that's sort of like where I was, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I have also been dipping multiple toes in the dating world. Okay. Yeah, let's hear. Okay. So... I had two interesting experiences this week. One with, um, if you follow me on Instagram, I post like kind of like tweet updates about like what ends up happening. But uh -huh. um, let me see if I can find the texts. So I pulled up the text. So um, basically I had matched with this guy on Hinge and he seemed like, interesting i mean again like i'm trying to just be more open mm -hmm. right and not just go for the typical brunette tall that's such beefy. a thing that i've been struggling with too i'm like i'm just picking the same person I over know. and over and having the same thing happen exactly over and over. i know so i'm really trying to think out of the box good for right? you so um anyway matched with this guy and we chatted very briefly. I mean, it was very brief chat. And he was basically like, well, do you want to meet up or FaceTime? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I appreciate the, like, yeah, let's like figure this out. Yeah. And I said, I think I'd FaceTime because he like lived in LA. Yeah. So then he was like, well, I can FaceTime like now or like, you know, we can find another time this week. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to record. I can't, you know. So anyway, it ended up working out that we could FaceTime for like 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, like, we'll see if there's chemistry. So we jumped on the call and I was pretty blunt. Like I, I would think I was more blunt than I normally am on this call. I think I was like that day, I was just like, what the, whatever, here I am. Yeah. This is what you get yeah. if you like it or not. Yeah. And I think the reason I did that is because he was 44 uh -huh. and older men tend to not like that in me. Interesting. My experience is, is that older men prefer, and this is hashtag not all older men, <laughs> uh, prefer a younger woman who's gonna do what they want. 
Yeah. Who, like, doesn't have as much of a strong-willed voice. Yeah. And again, this is, like, a huge general stereotype. Yeah. Okay, obviously this is not the case, but this is what I found with me. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, I was just, like, balls to the walls, like, here I am. And yeah. he seemed to, like, I think he was intrigued. I think yeah. he was, like, intrigued with who I was. So then, Because that's like an attractive energy when someone has the confidence. Right. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, so then after I was like, well, listen, I didn't really get like a good read on that. Do you want to, do you still want to meet? And he's like, yeah, no, totally. And so then I said, um, so then he was like, here's my phone number. Text me and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I texted him. And I said, hey, um, you know, wait, let's figure out a time to meet. So then this was the following day. So it's a Monday and, mm-hmm. you know, work is happening. And I texted him and I said, hey, I teach till this time. Do you want to meet halfway? This is when I could meet. And then I said, also, I have a couple things that are important to me to be al- aligned on mm. before we meet. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he wasn't a good texter. There wasn't a lot of text conversation going back and forth. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like, I don't, I'm not going to waste my time if these things aren't important to you. Yeah. So I just said, um, I'm assuming you would agree with me since I have an answer about it on my hinge. So I have a thing on my hinge that says, um, you should match with me if you also agree that Black Lives Matter, Trump was the worst president ever, and women are just as powerful as men. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm assuming someone who's going to match with me is most likely going to agree with that, right? Yeah, or, or be pretty close. Or be close. Yeah, yeah. Right? So then I said, um, where are you on all of that? I said, politics is super important to me, as well as ethics and treating people with kindness. Mm -hmm. That's why I lean more liberal in terms of social justice and social issues. Mm -hmm. Curious your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a pretty decent text that he could have responded with later, like, hey, you know, I, I really like, I'd prefer to talk about this on the phone, you know, or just like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the the yes or the, you know, look, that's a lot to unpack. And I would really, you know, I look forward to having a conversation about it or something. Right. Like that, I, right? Or I realize that's really important to you. Yeah. Let's find a time quick to chat yeah. about it before yeah. we meet. Yeah. Okay. So instead, 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 the answer was, hey, I'm amidst meetings and text. Oh, he, oh, okay. Let me start this over. He goes, hey, I'm amidst meeting. Am I saying that word? Amidst? Yeah. Amidst? Uh, No, you had it right. Amidst? Uh, Amidst. Amidst. Yeah. Okay. Meetings and text isn't appropriate to discuss these convos. I'm sure we're closely aligned. Happy to share when we meet or talk next. I'll look at the map and find some cool meeting spots. Have a beautiful Monday. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Go. So, everything else that he said was great. Yes. I'm sure we're aligned. Have a beautiful Monday. Yes. I'll look up some spots to meet. Yes. But to say that... Me texting him about these issues isn't appropriate. Appropriate is the real buzzword. Is yes. the buzzword for <laughs> control. This is what my opinion is. So 
I think men who are intimidated or don't like the behavior mm-hmm. of a woman use words like that's not appropriate, that's disrespectful, um, to try and control our behavior. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, hey, like that was inappropriate of you to text me that. And like to me, it just doesn't sit well because he's saying he's not okay with my behavior. And it's like, well, for me, then it's like, well, what's what is the next thing I'm going to do that's not appropriate to you? Yeah. You know, and it's just it it just it sit it sat really not well with me. Well, and it, it set off your radar. And and I think right like we always talk on the show about like trusting your intuition and trusting your gut, you know? And like I mean it's 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 hard. I mean what's really interesting is we're going to have an episode coming up about nonviolent communication and mm-hmm. one of the the tenets of this style of communicating and resolving conflict is like to get rid of any language when you're working through something with someone that is a moral judgment of some kind mm-hmm. that implies fair, right, wrong, fair, unfair, appropriate, yes. inappropriate. Because if this text had been exactly the same, only the line said, I'm not really comfortable digging into this over text. Yes. I'm sure we're closely aligned. I'll look for a place, blah, blah, blah. Probably your radar wouldn't have gone off in the same 100%. Way. Yeah. yeah. But it's this sort of moral judgment language of like, mm-hmm. this is inappropriate. And it's kind of like, you should have known better is kind of implied. Exactly. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. It's almost like a demeaning, like he was telling me what I should, uh, like, like he knows better than me. Yeah. You know? So yeah. anyway, whether you agree with that or not, um, I just responded to him and I said, hey, I wasn't expecting you. So first of all, Okay, the other thing is I'm amidst meetings and this isn't appropriate. So he's basically telling me, why would you text me while I'm in meetings? Mm. It's not appropriate to have this kind of text conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm at work. So that's the other thing that sat not well with me. And so I said, hey, I wasn't expecting you to respond during your meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, You could have responded when you were open. Mm And then I said, to say text isn't appropriate to discuss these convos makes me feel like you're saying I'm being inappropriate by sharing my thoughts via text. Um, I think it's completely okay that I ask this question via text. So I'm not sure how to feel about this interaction. I'm not looking for an immediate response. And then immediately he responded. He's like, I understand this isn't right for me. It was nice meeting you, Leanna. All the best. So the thing is, is like if he if he really didn't mean the text to mean it like that, he would have been like, oh, my gosh, I I I didn't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry that it came off that way. Yeah. You know, but that's exactly what he meant. And when I was like, hey, that makes me feel like this. I'm allowed to do that. He was like, this girl ain't for me. Yeah, it's really interesting because the other thing, before you finished reading the text, when he said the appropriate line, I got this vibe of like, so people like our parents' age, or and, and even people like maybe 10 or 15 years older than me, and, and, and or older than us, and this guy's, you know, a few years older than me, and more years than that, <laughs> older than you. But like, 
that previous generation, if you ask people like who they're voting for, like that's not a question you're supposed to ask. Yeah, totally. You know, that's Very, like a, that's none of your business. Like, yeah, blah, blah. I don't think he texted a lot. He was it was just so I was getting that vibe too. Mm-hmm. But I and I think I think there's either. I, I think your radar was spot on, and I think the... No, and this is not, you know, this isn't a bad guy. Like, who knows, right? We're not going to make Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure he's fine, but obviously he was not for me. Yes, exactly. And... Have you noticed that I've been saying me different? Like, May? Yeah, I don't know when that started, but I, it's just, like, easier for me to be like, yeah, he's not for May. I don't know. When did that start? If you have, have you been, been listening to this, if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, please do a deep dive and tell me when in my life I started changing the way I said May. Have you been listening to It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC? Because that's like the the joke about that song for a long time. Is that like in the chorus, like Justin Timberlake is like, it's gonna be May. <laughs> and when it's like, when it's like May 1st, like people light up the <laughs> internet with memes about like it's gonna be may do you know what it is is like i think i'm getting more valley girl since i've been i don't know why i think i'm just like who have you been talking to more that's maybe influencing you maybe michelle could be could be it could be michelle mm-hmm. i'll have to i'll have to listen to see what she how she says <laughs> okay wait but how but do you it, say me me mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> i think this guy so either yes either this guy was like looking for a more like demure, sort of submissive, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is fine, right? Like you know, because sure, like because there's women who are like, I want to be the big personality in the relationship. Yeah, she's like, ooh, he more. owns his own company and he's 44 and he's gonna take care of me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's women who want that, who want that sort of like leader. Absolutely. Actually, we talk about that with Kat, but there's also women who are like, I want to be the 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 big loud one in the relationship and be with a more mild mannered guy. So whatever floats your boat. The other thing where he's like, I'm sure we're closely not aligned. I wonder if this guy's like, you know how there's people who are like, usually they're like libertarian or something. And they're like, I don't fall into any of the usual categories on this, but I feel like I can give you enough examples mm-hmm. about why like the traditional BLM view is is not is wrong but i'm also not like one of those trump people like blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. like i i get a little whiff of that like maybe he's one of those yeah well and i think the reason why i sent that text is because after we had decided we were going to meet up i went back and looked at his profile again and i want to say in the political part it said other interesting i bet he's a libertarian and so i wanted to just kind of like double check on that Mm -hmm. um and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you were right that he wasn't for you. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so, and, 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 and I don't want people to read into like, I'm, I am I hope I'm not coming across as like judgy as like liberta- of, of libertarians or whatever. Yeah, no, totally. But I, but judgy though, <laughs> of don't use that language. Don't tell someone when it's appropriate or not to do something. That's true. Now, if I was saying, fuck you, man. And he was like, that is inappropriate then that's a hundred percent justified yeah but this was not and and i i personally believe that that type of language falls into control mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. so anyway we yeah. could again we could spend forever yeah oh my gosh it's 30 minutes should we keep going or should we go right <laughs> into the episode yeah y- 
You tell okay, me. Okay, well, how about this? I'll do like quick, I'll do like a speed round okay. of like what else happened. Yeah. Okay, so um, then I was like talking to someone else that I was like actually really excited about. Um, and he ghosted me. <laughs> okay. We, we were, we, we had talked all day Tuesday. We were supposed to meet up Wednesday on St. Patty's Day. Um, here's what I think happened. And if you respond, you're gonna have to be really brief. Mm -hmm. So he was a person of color. Mm -hmm. And I thought about whether or not I should share this or not, but I think it's good to keep myself accountable because, you know, we talk about Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. and we have to, I have to actively be a part of the change, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanna voice some of my prejudice that I have. Yeah. So I, we had agreed to meet, right? Mm -hmm. Super cool. We aligned on a bunch of things. I was like, honestly, like really excited to meet up with him. Mm -hmm. I decided I needed to know a couple more things before we met. Mm -hmm. um, and actually one of our listeners reached out to me and he was like, hey, it was something that I do now is I try as little conversation as possible before I meet them because then you don't know the person. You're not seeing them in person and so you're kind of judging them through an app. And I really like mm -hmm. that and I need you to do that more. And That's I don't, an interesting I don't know idea, why yeah. I fell back into kind of like more combo, but yeah. anyway, what happened is I asked him some, some questions. Mm -hmm. um, and what the last two questions were, the first two were kind of funny and not serious. And mm -hmm. then the last two were serious. One of them was, um, how do you deal with anger in mm. a relationship? And that is something that's really important to me because that has been very present in my past relationships. Yes. Okay. Of ba bad fights and people Correct. yelling and stuff. But yeah. was that the best time to bring it up in a conversation? Probably not. Should I have waited until a couple dates, three dates? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Um, or in person, even yeah. on the first yeah, date. Yeah. And then the other question was, where are you at? Like, where are you wanting to settle down? Like, are you wanting mm -hmm. to meet someone? And I said, because I'm looking for my lifetime partner. Yeah. Like, I, I'm i not looking to dick around, you mm -hmm. know? And so, like, if you're looking for casual whatever, like, that's fine. Just let me know. So what's interesting is he did respond yeah. to that. He did. And he gave me, like, great answers. And I was like, okay, great. But then he ghosted me. And so here's, I think there's two things that happen. One, either he just started talking to someone else and he's like, this girl, I can tell this girl's not just gonna hook up with me. Like she's, there's gonna be some investment here. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, yeah. she's hitting me with like some serious questions and mm -hmm. like, I just, I don't, I just, I, I think this is just too much. Yeah. Maybe the questions were too um, hard hitting for him not knowing me. Uh-huh. I wonder if he almost felt a little stereotyped with the anger with the anger question. yeah i thought about that too so um and i just realized that like yesterday that like i wonder if that was it because and and then i really had to really check myself like have i asked that question before to a white guy yeah um you know like like that and maybe mm -hmm. there was subconsciously some prejudice there yeah. You know, and so um, that's something that like I've been looking at in myself. And in that case, he was right to ghost me. Yeah. He was right to not get into a situation of being like, this white girl just asked me mm -hmm. how I deal with anger. And as a black person, I've been getting this prejudice stereotype for this long. Yes. 
And for me, it was really coming out of a place of this is things that I've dealt with in my relationships. Yes. And, um, but I do have some experiences with people of color who, you know, there's been some anger there. And mm. so maybe it was part of that. So that's I just wanted to like, I just wanted to share that because I think it's really important. There was part of me that's like, no, I'm not going to share that because that's really embarrassing. And like, I don't want people to think like I'm racist or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's really important because I think we always need to be growing and learning and checking ourselves. And I do have prejudice and stereotype of growing up. We all do. Yes. We all yes. do. And part of being a, um, an advocate for Black Lives Matter isn't turning our back to that and isn't saying, we don't have any judgment. Yeah, it's going like, we don't have I, any yeah, prejudice. I'm one of the good white yeah, people. Yeah, right? I'm yeah, I'm totally yeah. anti-racist. I've yeah. like never had, no, it's like checking ourselves. What are the prejudice? What are the stereotypes that we have? And then like investigating that, learning, educating, and going from there. Yes, I, I, I'll, I'll be really quick. Okay. I, I love that you said that. And it's the sort of asking yourself the question that's really important, yes. right? Like, I, you know, there's probably no way to like arrive at an answer, but asking that question and wrestling with that and, and being brave enough to sort of like take that look at yourself is so important. And like, yes, if you grew up in the world, but especially in America, like you have racist thoughts and ideas because that was in the oxygen that we breathe. That was, that's in our culture. As a man, I, my culture sort of taught me toxic masculinity. It's, it's in there, mm -hmm. right? And the work for me is like sort of, un, is recognizing some of that shit, unlearning it, right? And like to continually sort of wrestle and, and, and ask myself these questions and, and expose myself to different viewpoints and things like that. And, and so, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, thanks friend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and actually not thank you. Just like, you know, we just wanna be, we wanna be um, living what we preach. Yes. And, and, and that is exactly what this episode is about, is living what you preach. Yeah. So um, you guys, Thank you for, no, I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this um, interview with Kat is amazing. Yes. Um, we may be talking a little bit after the interview, so make sure you stick around, because there's one thing I didn't talk about, but I wanna get you guys to the interview first. Yes. Okay, all right, we'll see you at the end, enjoy. Okay, so I am super excited to introduce our next guest. She is the host of the Refined Collective podcast and co-founder of the online publication, The Refined Woman. Her first book, Sexless in the City, will hit bookstores April 2021. Also, Kat loves God, personal development, and a good fiance. Good Beyonce dance party. Please welcome Kat Harris. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? How are y'all doing today? We're good. Thank you so much for coming on. We always make fun of me reading the intros because about like 50% of the time <laughs> I just fuck it up. So well, you got, you got, <laughs> yeah, you, you got Kat's you know, name I correct, mean, I, but you missed Beyonce. I, I, that, that was I know. I was like, come on. What the heck? You can't, you can't get the queen's name wrong. <laughs> so Kat, we are really, to the queen. we have been yeah. really excited to talk to you because I think we actually have a lot in common and mm -hmm. you know we talk about spirituality a lot on this show even though this is mm -hmm. i would say it's not a christian podcast um mm -hmm. but i grew up conservative christian 
Jared has mm-hmm. a lot of experience with the Christian church and culture. And so we have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, and we know you do too. So I guess, you know, we've, our first question for you is, you know, we've talked on the show about the damage that purity culture has done, especially to young women, women. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of just want to know from you, like your deconstruction of your influence from the Christian church and how your views and beliefs have changed and kind of what that means for your relationship with God and Christianity. Great. Just that? Just that question? <laughs> well, we have a lot more questions. <laughs> Do you have like seven hours to unpack the answer to that question? <laughs> like, where do I even start I know, with that? I know. Um, I mean, so I can, I guess I can just start with, um, yeah, so I grew up in Southern Christian culture. I grew up in Texas during uh, early 2000s late 90s, early 2000s, and the height of what we now refer to as the purity movement. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home per se. We went to church on weekends sometimes, but um, didn't really grow up Christian. But I think being in the South, Christianity is sort of the air you breathe Mm -hmm. because churches are in every corner. There's bless your hearts everywhere. Mm -hmm. And bumper sticker Christianity is all over the place. And so When I became a Christian, I was 16 years old and learned very quickly about things like purity, good Christians wait until marriage to have sex, boys struggle with quote-unquote lust, and because of that, since they're so weak, women need to cover their bodies and protect boys from sinning. We don't want to be the cause of guys sinning. And so I I started learning the patterns and cultural norms of Christian culture and also saw other things like, oh, Christian women don't really have a lot of opinions mm. or are more in the background mm. or women really only have a mic in their hand if they're doing announcements or talking to high school kids. I, I, I just started noticing these patterns of um, things that I ha- experienced in Christian culture and beliefs that I was given, but I never questioned them a ton. I... I was like, I love God, I love Jesus, and these people that I trust are telling me these things, and so I'm just going to receive them and and receive them as truth. And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s, I was new to living in New York City, and really up until that point had really idolized and um, idolized virginity and idolized me not having sex and doing it quote unquote God's way and didn't really ever question that. I felt better than a lot of people because I wasn't having sex. And then I dated more in one year than I had in a whole decade when I moved to New York and was casually dating for the first time in my life, online dating and fell in love with a guy and realized very quickly into dating him that my resolve to abstain was actually really thin. (laughs) I just had never really been, it was about as thin as my lacy thong. Um, But I had never really been given the opportunity to abstain. And so I was in this relationship where all of a sudden 
honestly, on night one, I went home with him and we did everything but sex. And I didn't feel guilty for it for the first time in my life. And I also felt really conflicted. Like, wow, I just had this incredible experience, but I know we didn't technically have sex, but wow, like, how am I going to keep my clothes on moving forward? And ultimately we, we didn't have sex in our dating relationship. I mean, it was like a game, a, a game of technicalities mm-hmm. <laughs> at some level, but on the heels of our breakup, I just looked around me and saw that most of the Christians I knew weren't waiting until marriage to have sex. None of the non-Christians that I knew were, were abstaining from sex until marriage. And I just got to this point where I was like, I honestly don't know what I believe about God and sex outside of the script that I was given. Mm-hmm. And I was really beginning to wonder if abstinence was a thing or if it was just this Christian norm that really wasn't relevant anymore. And so I didn't know that I was going into a moment of deconstruction. It, it was funny. I feel like deconstruction the phrase right now in Christian culture can feel like very triggering. And I'm like, listen, all it is is pausing and saying, how did I get here? What do I believe? And where did those beliefs come from? What are those beliefs rooted in? Are they rooted in fear, shame, lack, scarcity, victim, or are they rooted in freedom, wholeness, abundance? And so I went on a path of really researching and seeking, what do I believe about God? What does the Bible actually say about sex? Does it have anything compelling to say about sex and intimacy? Do I care what it has to say? And it it kind of was one of those journeys of, I, it's almost like I was like, oh, I just have to send this one email. <laughs> and the one email turned into like 50 more emails I needed to send. Mm-hmm. The one task, the one question of, you know, what does, what does the Bible really say about sex turned into what uh, a whole plethora of questions that I didn't know that I had that were, had been underneath the surface for a really long time. Questions like about gender roles or masturbation or um, the role of women in the church and culture. And, and then I started asking questions like, who's benefiting from these beliefs and who's suffering from them. And the more and more I unpacked those questions, the more I just saw this overarching theme and so much of the church, not church culture, but also culture at large that, wow, like women are really being oppressed and weaponized and, and women are, called to be pure in a way that men aren't. I mean, even if we just watch shows like Bridgerton, like I watched it recently and I like part of me really loved it. And then the feminist in me was like, this is so messed up. And it also doesn't seem that different today. We live in a culture, culture at large and in church circles that say women aren't sexual in the way that men are, that women are to aspire to marriage in a way that men aren't required to, that our essentially our main existence here is to produce children for men. And, and I love love and I love relationships and I think marriage is great. Um, but I think I just started getting really curious about what are, what are the beliefs underneath the beliefs mm-hmm. and, and who are they supporting and who are they hurting? Um, so that's kind of what the part mm-hmm. of the deconstruction process looks like. So today. I'm really curious because I think in this sort of space you occupy, um, you know, in your podcast and all these other things that, that you do, you're sort of in this liminal space, right? You're not, 
you haven't been quite like cast out of the Christian circles, although, you know, like there, you know, like I, I think you get painted with that brush sometimes and, and you even speak about this of like sort of mm-hmm. feeling not Christian enough, um, mm-hmm. you know, but then also kind of too Christian for, for secular circles. So I'm really curious, like, so mm-hmm. like, where are you today? Like if you had to, yeah. if a sort of, you know, 25 year old woman who was kind of in the shoes you were in asked you like, what do you believe? What should I do? Like in terms of yeah. dating, in terms of sex, in terms of all these things, like where do you stand? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I can just acknowledge personally for myself at the end of the journey path, sojourn, whatever we want to call it that I went on, I was, I was actually shocked that I ended that discovery journey with being more conservative than when I started physically in my dating relationships. Mm. I mean, I thought that I would end this path and be very okay with casual sex and be a proponent for sex in my dating relationships. But actually I found like, no, I actually really do think there's something really beautiful about holding off on the physical and, and relationships. And it's something, it's interesting because I may be making the same decision that I was making 10 years ago, but 10 years ago, I felt like a victim to Christianity. I felt like a victim to external obligation. And now I feel internally motivated from a place where I feel connected to my why, to my heart, to my values, and in a way that I feel empowered. And so that's how I'm walking out now currently in in dating. And how would I talk to someone who is trying to navigate this? I think the last thing I want to do is tell people, do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just just follow what I did. No, I want to empower and equip humans, men and women, um, to have a more holistic vision for sexuality and to develop a healthy sexual ethic. So I want to equip people with tools to go on their own journey of figuring out how do I want to show up in my relationships and my sexual encounters? How can I show up from a place of agency and autonomy and from a place of internal motivation as opposed to external obligation or feeling like a victim to a set of external beliefs? And so I I feel like I kind of straddle this interesting line of again, feeling like, wow, like I'm, I feel like some Christians are like, wait, so are you like teaching, do whatever you want to do? And I'm like, and then the more uh, progressive side, are like, wait, so you still aren't having sex? What the hell are you doing there? <laughs> but really, I think we do such a disservice to people when we give them a system or formula to walk out their lives. And I think what I want to do is teach people how to connect with themselves, to connect with their values. And then from a place of wholeness and freedom say, all right, how do I want to move forward? Mm-hmm. What, what feels in alignment with what, who I am, what I want, where I'm headed, what I believe. Um, that's what I, I want to do mm-hmm. with the work that I'm doing. Well, no, no, no. Go. <laughs> Dude, you got your chance. I have such an important follow-up, but I think you're going to go Hold where it. I'm going to go. Okay. okay. First of all, I, Don't forget I didn't it. get to comment after the first one. So I just want to say, like, thank you for being so open about something that is very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as someone who grew up in the church and has deconstructed it myself and is more on the progressive side now. Um mm-hmm. It is still scary 
to talk about it. it mm. It's like it's trauma. It's church mm-hmm. trauma. And really, yeah. um, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, pastoral abuse is really what it mm-hmm. is, is that oppression for women to have to cater to the man. And I yeah. also want to say I fucking hated Bridgerton. Hated it. <laughs> I like I could not I did not understand why everybody loved it because it was just so much like he can do whatever he wants and he can have all this sex. Mm-hmm. And then like and she oh bleh, it was awful. Um well, can I say that's one of the reasons why I liked it? Because I was like, this is how it fucking exactly. is. Exactly. Like, we think, oh, this was in the 1800s. Life is so different. There's no marriage market. And I'm like, mm, yeah, it really isn't that different. And especially if we're looking at how we experience dating and sexuality within the church, I'm like, we're back in the 1800s. Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, well, I mean, even. It was a beautiful picture even of Even not me. in the church. Even not in mm-hmm. the church, guys yeah. are guys can sleep with a hundred women, but if a woman sleeps with a hundred men, they're like, ew. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's still like like you said, like women are not supposed to be sexual. Um, yeah, but then we're also hypersexual, exactly. And I hate that too. Oh, wow, what a grim. I know. So, like, I just want to say that I agree with so many things you're saying, and I relate to it, and. I think it's really great that you've found yourself and through that deconstruction and, and, um, and that you've were like, you know what? I do want to wait, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and maybe you meet someone you fall in love and then you decide you don't want to wait, you know, like who mm-hmm. cares? Like you get mm-hmm. to decide what you want to do and you're not deciding it because you feel like God's going to send you to hell. Or you're not deciding it because it's like the church is going to judge you, which they will. But I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're deciding what gives you the empowerment. And then you're doing, I'm just, I'm so like, I got chills when you were talking. Like, it's just so nice to like talk to someone else who understands and like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, I was with you. The whole time. Mm. Okay, now you can go. (laughs) Well, and you sort of touch on this, but I'm curious for you, right? So, so, so your decision to like Mm -hmm. abstain from this place in your heart, right? I'm Mm -hmm. curious because we're big on the show of like authenticity and vulnerability, and we share like you know. So, where is that coming from for you? So, to give you an example, like we both have shared that, yeah, like we don't particularly like casual sex because it doesn't feel good to us. Right. And, Mm, and my, my thing is sort of like sex and intimacy without emotional trust and security, like Mm. feels bad. I I know it feels bad to me and I think it feels bad to a lot of people that I've talked to. Right. Um, you know, and, and so, and so the question is like, is it coming from that kind of place for you or is it coming from, you know, like a feeling that sort of, God does disapprove of, mm. you know, like premarital intimacy. Yeah. Such oh, a great good question. question. And <laughs> I might, I'm going to like ping pong a couple different places. Okay. <laughs> um, so a few things. Uh, so for me on my journey, I went to, okay, as a person of faith, like I, I do believe that the Bible is a source of truth. And so what does the Bible actually say? And it, 
after like a ton of research, it did seem clear to me. It <clears throat> I have friends that love Jesus that don't think that this is what the scriptures say. Um, and so it's like, there's, I think there's space for that. Mm-hmm. But after my research and looking into the Greek and the Hebrew, it seemed that the precedence was that um, sex is for inside marriage. And I even like struggle with when people are like, so is sex outside of marriage a sin? I'm like, I don't really even know how to answer that question. It seems like there's an invitation in scripture to have sex within marriage. And so then once I saw that um, in the scriptures, then I thought, okay, so what about that? Like, is that something I want to do or not do? And I think unfortunately in the church, so much of the church experience and quote unquote, if you're a Christian or not, is if you're having sex or not, Mm. who you are or are not attracted to, do you drink alcohol? Like we've made things core issues or salvation issues that just aren't salvation issues. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I can say, yeah, the it it did seem pretty clear to me after my research that there was this continuous invitation to experience sex inside a marriage. However, it's not a salvation issue. And it seems to me also that whenever there's an invitation for something, it's because God has a vision or heart for it. And so I, I just was like, okay, if that is an invitation, is there a good, is there a good reason for that? You know? So then I looked at even just my own experiences and saw I may not have been having sex, but I was having lots of sexual encounters and Mm -hmm. dating around with a lot of guys. And I just looked at so many relationships that I had with men that probably would have ended so much sooner and would have had a lot less toxicity or heartbreak if I had delayed physical Mm. encounters with them. And I mean, I have this specific relationship with a guy that I, it was super toxic and we were on and off, on and off. And we had this insane sexual chemistry. So we would just like mess around and fool around for hours. And it was amazing. But he ran around on me and treated me terribly. And only in hindsight did I see, wow, I think if we never would have gotten physical, I probably would have gone out with this guy one or two times Mm. and been like, oh, you're a dick. Mm. And we have nothing in common. And so I think what I realized is that even though I wouldn't have said this out loud, I think so much of me was leading with the physical in my relationships. And it wasn't giving me the results that I wanted. It wasn't giving me deep connection or it wasn't leading to meaningful relationships. Um, and so I thought, Oh, interesting. I wonder if it would, if it would be something that would serve me and be helpful for me to delay the physical to a, to a certain extent so that I could first figure out, is this a person that I get along with? Mm -hmm. Are we headed towards similar, similar places in life? Like, do we have similar values? Do we want similar things? Like, do they want kids? You know? Um, and so I think that felt compelling to me. And then when I did like a deep dive on the neurology of our brains, I, um, I learned from like anthropologists, like Helen Fisher doesn't believe there's any such thing as casual sex and there's a Ted talk on it. And I was like, what the heck? 
I've never heard that like a, from a quote unquote secular perspective. And so I did a deep dive on what happens in our bodies when we experience orgasm with another human and the amount of neurotransmitters and dopamine and oxytocin released in our bodies and orgasm and pleasurable sexual experiences with other humans. The oxytocin is the bonding agent and it literally is released in our brains to create deep attachments with other people. And when I found that out, I was like, is this why Christians say weird things like soul ties? Like, are they really just like referring to the scientific thing that happens in our brains when we experience sexual encounters with another person and oxytocin is released and we literally get a new neural pathway in our brain? Um, and then the dopamine that's released from the pleasure reward center is another thing that causes like bonding and deep attachment with another person. And so I thought, oh, wow, that's super interesting that it seems like from scientific research, the neurology of our brains actually don't really allow for casual experiences. Um, so I felt, I felt that was really interesting. And then another thing that felt interesting to me was um, thinking about saying no to something really good with another person for the sake of something in the future. So if I'm saying no to something like sex with my partner in a dating experience, not because sex is bad or gross or because it's, it's God's best way or because if I do this, then God's going to bless my marriage. No, if like I say no to something really good um, and strengthen a muscle of discipline and integrity in my life, I think that's going to serve me in a bunch of other areas of my life as well. And I think it can also develop a real deep level of trust between you and your partner if like we're able together to show each other that we can say no to really awesome things in the moment for something that we both believe in in the future. Mm. Um, so kind of like a roundabout way of answering your questions. But um, for me, it was like, okay, so the scriptures do say this, but when I actually looked at all these other things, I thought, oh, interesting. I actually feel like this this feels like something that I want to do and that I can see why from that perspective, um, the scripture would say, you know, not like you're evil or going to hell if you have sex outside of marriage, but maybe it's because like God has this vision that the physical is a manifestation of the spiritual and that um, the like active sex can, can mean so many other things and can bond us in so many beautiful ways. So um, maybe it's that, sex outside of marriage isn't bad or wrong or terrible or awful. And also if you have sex inside of marriage, doesn't mean that you're going to have like 10 orgasms every time you have a sexual experience, but perhaps God has like a more robust vision um, and experience for sex than just like if it just scratch it. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very interest. Like I agree with a lot of that. Um, because I actually think, like, I agree about the casual sex. And, you know, we do. We talk about it all the time. Like, it doesn't feel good. And the people that say mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, that they don't, they're not affected, I think they're not being honest with themselves. Because I think it affects everybody. And it actually, um, it's, a, it's a coping, or a, not a coping mm -hmm. mechanism, but it's a... Um, 
it's a, what's it called? Like alcohol is like how you, it's your, come on friend. I mean, coping. But no, like, no, it's yeah. your, it's your like a numbing. It n- helps you numb. Numbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like so I think, yeah, out. I okay. think casual sex is like just another way for people to kind of numb a little bit, um, mm. you know, and it does when you are connected with someone and you're in love and you have a relationship, I'm sure it does make it harder to detach from that person. Um, but I don't think it's any easier if you weren't having sex either. I think mm-hmm. breakups are breakups and they hurt and your heart hurts from it. Um, mm-hmm. What I will say though, and I think you're saying this as well, but this is something that I think the church gets wrong. Um, and I'm speaking mainly to, to Christian or those Mm -hmm. who believe they do want to wait or they don't agree with casual sex, um, that there has to be compassion there. We Mm -hmm. are sexual human beings. And, you know, like I, I don't think sex is a sin. Um, but I'm also don't, I know for myself that it's not good for me to just run around and go have sex with a bunch of people because I'll feel like shit about myself and my anxious attachment style will kick in. I'll be depressed and all of this stuff. But you know what? Like every now and then I'm going to meet a guy and there's going to be chemistry and I'm feeling lonely and I may hook up. And then instead of like beating myself up and being like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like we have to have like compassion and be like, okay, like maybe that wasn't the healthiest decision for me, but I learned and like, I'm going to heal and I'm going to take this time to like really process and decide, you know, how I want to move forward. And I think that's kind of the idea of where like that shame, that deep shame comes in Mm. from, from the church culture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I resonate with so much what you're saying. And and what if we gave ourselves the permission to be human? And it seems like in every other area of our lives, we're willing to be in process or fumble our way forward. And I think in the area of sex, especially in the church, because we've made sex ultimate and we've made, we've made sex and the nuclear family ultimate, um, then it's like, if you don't play, if you're not perfect, if you don't play exactly by our rules, then you are out. And I just am like, wow, I feel, it seems like God really also cares about pride and ego and legalism and stuff like gossip and slander and all these other things. And we have so much space for people to be on a journey of walking that part of their human experience out. But it's like, if you, I mean, I know people that have lost their jobs at churches because they were given their boyfriend hand jobs. I'm like, Really? That's the hill you wanted to die on? Oh my gosh! (laughs) You like don't want to talk about how every pastor on your staff is addicted to porn, but like you're going to fire the couple who was honest with you about their sexual experiences. And so I think we've made, like, I think we want to control people because we're afraid. And we also don't want to, I think in Christian culture, it's like, well, we don't want to be like postmodern and like, Oh, there is, you know, you're, you live your truth and whatever you decide is your truth. Like all of that. And I understand that. And I feel like we have to hold the tension that like we're human beings and we are 
living later and marrying later than we ever have before. And that we just, we just can't make, we can't make relationship with God and whether you have a seat at the table, what you are or are not doing between your legs. Mm -hmm. It just seems so flattening Mm -hmm. to the invitation of who God is to like a holistic experience of God. And I think it also stops that behavior modification as opposed to our Mm -hmm. heart, as opposed to saying, Oh, interesting. Like you ended up hooking up with that guy and just don't do that. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. The Bible says this, as opposed to what was coming up for mm-hmm. you. Did that feel like, did did you feel connected to yourself? Did you feel connected in alignment with your values, with God, with the other person? Um, was there was there maybe other stuff going on in that? Um, and I think it feels probably also really threatening to say that you can really love God and choose to abstain from sex until marriage and you can also really love God and choose to have sex outside of marriage. And I think that for me was like, it felt really threatening even internally to admit that out loud Mm. of like, Oh wow. I'm even showing myself how still attached that I am to, ah, has to be this exact way because the Bible said this. And if anything, it just reminds me of like when I was dating that guy off and on in my twenties for all those all those years. It took a long time to learn that lesson. <laughs> um, but it was, I had friends who walked with me in that journey who were like, just break up with him. This is very black and white. Like he's not quote unquote, God's best for you. Just like walk away from it. Like this is a very easy thing. Mm. Like that only produced more shame. Mm-hmm. I already felt ashamed because I was like, why am I dating this guy who's an asshole to me? Mm-hmm. And why do I feel so confident in other areas of my life? But like, I, crumble with this person. It that did not help me at all. It was my community who got curious with me. Mm-hmm. And who were it was my friend and my mentor and pastor who was like, maybe you do need to go and figure it out and sleep with him and do it do that and be on your own journey. But it was my friends who were curious with me as opposed to giving me a prescription of do's and don'ts that ultimately propelled me on a journey where I now feel so free and empowered in my decision to wait, but the judgment and the legalism and the script didn't help me. So if it didn't help me, I'm pretty sure it's probably not helping other people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, interestingly, like we know psychologically that guilt and shame keep people trapped in the cycle of compulsive behavior, right? They don't mm-hmm. help them get out, right? Whether it's porn or sex or gambling or drugs or whatever, and, mm. and I mean, and to me, I think that's the most, that's the thing where the church has done violence, particularly to young women to, you know, like by yeah. sort of insinuating or actually not even insinuating by out and out saying like that, um, you are ruined, dirtied, tarnished, yeah. and, and, and that you've lost your value as a mate or a partner. And it, it reduces mm. women to like. The only thing a person in a love relationship would want from you is a pristine vagina, um, mm. you know, and like, and, and I think, it, you yeah. know, I, I think that's really like a shame, you know? Yeah. I, uh, this, it's so crazy. Like I'm over here, like kind of shaking, like a little bit of anxiety because mm. this subject brings up so much for me. Plus mm. I've had a lot of matcha mm. and I think that's why I'm like, <laughs> But, um, 
Yeah. I mean, I just look back at, so I was a pastor's daughter, so I feel like Mm -hmm. it was even more pressure on me, Mm -hmm. but you know, I mean, I wore spaghetti straps to youth group one time and got shamed for it Mm -hmm. as a 12 year old, 13 year old girl. Um, and so then I learned to judge my friends who wore spaghetti straps or short shorts. And then guess what? I lost friends because nobody wanted to hang out with me because I was miss, you know, like judgy. Um, Mm -hmm. I also want to say, I think this is really important to say, because I think that there can be also a lot of people that can judge someone for abstaining before marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not cool either. Um, Because we, like, we don't want to be judged for our decision. And so we can't judge for other people's decision. I had, um, so I really respect you for the decision you've made, you know, Mm -hmm. and that you're honoring that you're staying true to yourself. And, Mm -hmm. um, I actually had, I've had two experiences now with guys that I've met who were Christian. Um, and I, I fit into kind of the same category as you, like, I'm not Christian enough for the Christian church. Well, I don't think I'm too Christian for the secular. Let's just go with I'm not Christian enough. <laughs> Which, okay, so by the way, uh, I, I have to just insert here, right? As a person who was raised in the Northeastern United States in an Episcopalian church, what mm-hmm. we are talking about here is not Christianity as it is. It's not sort of yeah. like scriptural understanding as it is in the sort of original days of Christ and his followers. What you two were raised in is a very particular brand and interpretation of the scriptures and of the Christian faith yeah. that happens to be popular in certain areas of the United States right now. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. it, frankly, like it's really upsetting to me the way that people who believe in this particular interpretation, which has no more sort of le- historical or any other type of legitimacy than so many other interpretations, right? Go back to, you know, St. Francis, St. Thomas of Aquinas, like all these people, right? And, but, but yet that is put out there as like, this is what it means to be a real Christian. So I just wanted yeah. to make mm-hmm. that disclaimer. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that's good. And for sure. Yeah. Thanks for saying and that. And I also, what I was going to say is, um, so I've now had two Christian men who I, who said they wanted to abstain before marriage. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like I, I would never pressure someone if that mm. was their decision. That was their choice. It doesn't deter me. Would it be hard? Yeah. But like, also like, I'm not some Christian girl that's being like, you need to have sex with me right now. You know, like mm. whatever, like I think to each his own, but anyway, I ended up, both of those guys were basically were like, I can't know, like you're not Christian enough. Like you don't go to church, you, um, you have sex before marriage, you know, and basically like, um, like I had literally the, this was on last week's episode, but like, I've literally had a recent guy say, I think we're on different sexual journeys Mm -hmm. and I want someone who's going to go to church with me every Sunday. And I Mm -hmm. said, okay, I mean, I have a lot of like church trauma. Like I walk into a church and have a panic attack 
Like yeah. that was just something it's not out of the question for me, but it's just something mm-hmm. I can't do right now. And he was like, yeah, I'm just looking for a more traditional and that's fine. But like, but what's sad about it is like, that is what the church is teaching. And so yeah. these, you know, it's like they're missing out on a connection with someone mm-hmm. who really embodies. I feel like I embody what Christ teaches and how I love people and how I treat mm-hmm. others and how I live my life. And am I perfect? No, but like that, you know, because I'm not going to church every Sunday or like have sex with people that I love, like I'm not Christian enough. And that's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really unfortunate and sad. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. It, I have a lot of resentment that I'm working through towards the church. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's really fair and really valid. And I, gosh, I can just resonate even just with the, gosh, dating has been really hard mm. <laughs> in the last year or so. Um, you know, I feel like so much, just even if we are considering a pandemic, are uh, the politics, let's, unfolded in America, Black Lives Matter, like all of these, all of these things that have um, sort of been bubbling to the surface in the last few years. I think I've had like, I haven't been to church in almost a year and that's been the longest I've ever not gone to church in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And before the pandemic, like I loved the church I was at. It's was one of the most healing church experiences that I've had in years and years. And it was so wonderful. And then pandemic happens. I'm not in going to church. And I got really sick of Zoom church. I was like, I just can't be on Zoom any more than I already am. Mm-hmm. And then I felt and feel so disillusioned and frustrated and angry and upset at the evangelical response to the election, to COVID, um, to people in the name of Jesus storming the Capitol. I'm like, I think we're reading a different Bible. Like, I don't know what you guys are reading um, to hear Christians again and again, defend Trump to hear Christians again and again, say all lives matter. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know how I fit in the story anymore. And like, I love the scriptures. I love Jesus. Like I love God. And, and, and then to think about how do I date in this? I've always, ever since I became a Christian, always wanted to be with someone that shared my faith. And it's felt increasingly hard to meet someone that loves God and is open-minded and also not like actively a racist <laughs> and, and like, homophobic and a bigot and, you know, all these things. I'm like, like I dated a guy last year. And he had like everything on paper. Like I was like, wow. And, and I'm attracted to you. Amazing. Um, and then he flies up to New York to visit me and it took some like digging to like get to this, but cause he like kind of made a comment where I was like, mm, there's some energy behind that. And ultimately he was like, yeah, I hate gay people. I think they're <gasps> disgusting. And I was like, okay, um, our, our time together is over. Um, Mm -hmm. I never knew that I would have to consider, does a person love God and like, do they hate a people group? Like, so it's just felt so 
disillusioning and frustrating to be like, man, I basically, not only do I feel like I've been gaslit by the church for Mm -hmm. like years and years and years and oppressed as a woman and silenced, but to see the systemic oppression of people of color not accounted for and the, the politicizing of like all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. I just have felt equally just like, I don't know. I don't know how to move forward in dating. Like, do I swipe right on the guy that says he's a Christian? Like, I don't know. Like, is it seems like mostly he's going to be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I literally said on the episode last week, I don't know if I can date Christians again because I mean, on my profiles now, I just have spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I just, the last relationship I was in, he claimed to be like kind of agnostic Um, Mm -hmm. but there was something missing that spiritual Mm -hmm. connection wasn't there. And I feel like it, that's really important to me, but also I'm in the same boat as you. Like I want someone who believes black lives matter. That is anti-Trump, anti anybody that is going to oppress any group of people, including the church, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. loves gay people. Doesn't think they're sinners. Like just because they're gay, you know, like uh, where's, a mask to protect (laughs) other people. Like there are so many churches in our town that are just meeting and not wearing masks. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is completely opposite of what Jesus teaches. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we are, oh, yeah. we are told. I feel like Jesus would be like flipping over tables. I know <laughs> that's exactly what he'd yeah. be doing. And so it's just like I'm in the same. How about let's just date each other. Can we have a throttle? Is that what's happening here right now? Oh my gosh, are we dating? <laughs> that reminds me of that Shit's Creek episode. Or did you watch Shit's Creek? Oh my gosh, I thought she's like. So I thought you liked red wine, but <laughs> and he's like, I like a, a an occasional red wine. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah, I'm with you. I mean, how I mean, how where where are the guys that are the same as us, and do they even mm-hmm. understand? Because they don't understand what we've been through. Yeah. These Christian guys. Well, what does the guy in this conversation think? Exactly. <laughs> what do, what well, do I mean, you think? Oh, yeah. Th- this guy. I mean, I, like, I'm exactly. in a, I, you know, I'm a. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. If only there was if a guy. If only there was a guy we yeah. could talk to. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as the two of you when I see, when, when I see conservative and Christian on a dating app, I'm like, no, done. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I actually don't think those two things can exist, (laughs) like can coexist, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, okay. Unless they're conservative fiscally. Like I understand that if they're conservative fiscally and liberal social justice wise, but if they're voting for Trump because they're conservative fiscally, then no. I mean, Jesus so I, said, Jesus said, if someone asks you for your coat, right, give them your shirt as well. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of things about like, okay, you know, whatever. You I'm trying to be, I'm trying to, to be open. Without okay, condition, yeah. okay, give away okay. everything you have. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I think it's tough. I, I will say though, in terms of like a ray of hope, right. One of my closest friends is, uh, he is married to a woman who's very sort of devoutly Christian um, and he's an atheist. And that was like a lot for them to work through, but he, he holds space for 
like not knowing and, and deeper sort of mystical aspects of life. And she holds space for, there are many ways of coming to God and of, you know, and, and God is coming for us all the time through all these different ways. It's not like if you don't say Jesus's name, then you're, you're out, right. Or you're a bad person or you can't understand spirituality and things like that. And so I think, I think there's a certain open-mindedness to this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I would say cat, I'm really curious where I want to, where I'm, where I want to go is like, and I know we don't have a ton of time and I know this is going to be a big question, but I'm wondering ah, we if, we can, if we can sort of shorten it. But what what is the mission for you like in your work now, like in the podcast, in the book that's coming out? Yeah. Like how, how, how do you do, like conceptualize that for yourself? Yeah, I think, gosh, so much of what I'm realizing is just from the very beginning of who I've always been is I've always been a person who asks why I've always been a person who has said, there's an elephant in this room mm-hmm. and are we going to talk about it? And I think that is so much of, I think I downplayed that for a long time because that cost me a lot of things. I've, I was kind of like the whistleblower in my family. Mm-hmm. I grew up with um, uh, my dad has struggles with drug addiction and there's a lot of like toxicity and, and those family relationships and dynamics. And I was constantly like, Hey, this isn't okay. Or, Hey, why are we doing it this way? Or, Hey, I don't want to get in the car with you. You're high. And, and so I, that constantly like was ruffling the feathers. And so I kind of like learned to like play the game a little bit Mm -hmm. of like, let's not, let's not ruffle feathers, you know? And And then I became a Christian. It was like, so especially as a woman, let's not ruffle the feathers. Let's be appropriate. Let's be quiet. Let's be submissive. And I think I've just finally gotten to the point where I realized like, actually, no, this is how God created me. Mm -hmm. And I am going to ask the question that, no one wants to ask out loud, but we're all thinking about on the inside. And I want to, in in any of those questions, whether it's a question about sex or gender roles or masturbation or whatever the conversation is, like how can we look at whatever the question or topic is holistically? How can I not just like give a script to people to regurgitate, but bring people alongside and develop tools to have really healthy, layered, nuanced conversations. And if we're going to look at a topic like sex, let's look at it from every single angle. Mm -hmm. Let's be curious. Like, can we show up with a posture of curiosity and humility of, wow, like I was taught this way my whole life. And I think this is what I still feel committed to believing. And is it possible that someone else could have another perspective that I could learn from? And so I think so much of my work right now revolves around the conversation around spirituality and sexuality. But even if we zoom out of those conversations, I think what I'm really wanting to do and trying to do is to have really nuanced conversations and address hot topics or address just the things that we don't want to talk about. Cause I think what I've, what I always felt afraid of is if I admit the doubt, if I admit the question, if I say the thing out loud, then it'll mean that I don't believe or it will ruffle the feathers and then I'll feel rejection. And I realized in silencing myself that I'm actually rejecting myself and abandoning myself and my experience. And I am 
not living into the person who I am. And also when I, when I give myself the freedom to go on a journey, it gives other people the freedom to do that. And, um, I just, I think it, I just think it's so important to give each other permission to, um, to ask and question and doubt. And I think if God is real, God doesn't have a fragile ego. Mm -hmm. God isn't so fragile that God can't handle questions or, um, doubts. And, and actually it's in the moments that I have chosen to move towards the thing that I thought, Oh, this will make me walk away from the faith for good. If I look into this thing, those are actually the places and those gray places and those unexpected places where I've encountered God in such beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. And so I want to keep doing that. I want to keep going towards the things that feel scary and um, that may, might ruffle the feathers or cause me to feel rejection from other people or other Christian people. But I feel like I want to trust the process that I've been on and see, okay, every time I've stepped towards the thing that feels most scary is actually the place where God meets me. Mm. And so that's what I want to live and hopefully hold space for others doing the same. That's lovely. Oh, I love that. Can we do like, can we do like a quick speed round? And oh, speaking sure. of like stepping into the scary, right? And so, and like, let's, let's like, you know, I'm going to pull up the make it clear, right? That, um, you know, this is not any, none of us are sort of giving a prescription for what other people should do. We're just talking about sort of like yeah. where, where we are, or where you are, Kat, right now. So first mm -hmm. speed round question, um, should a man lead in a relationship? I'm looking for an equal. Yeah, awesome. me too. Like I always like partner, <laughs> you know, like, and, and that's something yeah. I see on women's dating profiles of like, I'm looking for someone to lead, right? Yeah. And actually I, I'm so curious. I get that question all the time or I can't date him. He's not going to spiritual lead me. I'm like, let's unpack what we're actually saying when we say that. Mm -hmm. What are we looking for? Often what I found for myself is I was looking for a financial savior. Mm. I was looking for a Bible teacher mm. when my relationship with God is my responsibility. I want to be with a partner that I can grow with and that I would love to be with a partner that I can pray with even kind of back to, do I date a Christian or not? Like I've dated guys that don't share my faith and, and at a core level, there seems to be something missing. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for an equal. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for someone to like lead me. Okay. Next speed question. Okay. So you yeah. are waiting to have sex to get married. Do you masturbate? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what follow-up question? I have a whole chapter in my book about masturbation. Follow-up question. What do you use to masturbate? Do you use to toys? <laughs> yeah. Um, I sometimes I've used toys in the past. And honestly, the path that I've been on recently is just trying to connect with my body. Mm. And like um, I don't think toys are bad or or dirty or gross or anything, but um, I've just wanted to learn how I can experience my body through my own sense of touch. Love that. I've, I'm on that journey right now too. Okay. My next one. Um, are there some loving relationships that are less pleasing to God than others? Like sort of relationships between a man and a man or, or, you know, other things like that. Got it. Okay. Um, that is not a speed round question. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a um, yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's how I will respond to that question is I think God is a lot less concerned with who we are attracted to than we are. Yes. 
Love that. So agree. Kat, (laughs) I love this interview so much. It like feels so close to home and it's so nice to like, I don't know. I just feel like really connected to you and your story Mm -hmm. and who you are as a person. And I want to thank you for being so like open and transparent and vulnerable because I know how scary this is. And like, even though this is your work, like, um, I'm really like, I hope this isn't weird, but I'm really like proud of you for like, Mm -hmm. as a a woman, as a Christian woman, woman coming to the front and saying something that there's so many other Christians that would probably judge you for. And I want you to know that we're not judging you and we're here Mm -hmm. with you and we appreciate you. Ah, oh, thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. It's it is <clears throat> it is my work, and it is also very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I believe so much in my book and the message and what I'm I'm like I'm living this stuff, and I ha- have more hate than I've ever gotten before, yeah. and yeah. I have more rejection yeah. from, and it, it's all from Christians. Yeah. Um, and so I thank you for saying that. Um, and I'm grateful to meet other people yeah. that are on a journey like this. And and also, like, that was, like, the most intimidating speed round ever. I feel like speed round is, like, do you like coffee or tea? Are you, like, a wine or a cocktail girl? Do you, like... Backstreet Boys are in sync. You're like hitting me with like massive. Well, you're so good at like sort of. Okay, do you like Backstreet Boys are in sync? <laughs> I mean, this is an easy answer. In sync. Okay, 100%. thank you. You're you're included in the club. <laughs> there is a wrong answer to that completely. question. <laughs> well, um, Kat, just plug yourself for us really quick. Where can our listeners yeah. find you? How can they get your book? Because I know it's coming out soon. Yeah. So my book is Sexless in the City is Sometimes Sassy, Sometimes Painful, Always Honest Look at Dating, Desire, and Sex. You can get that at sexlessinthecitybook.com or Amazon, Kindle, Audible, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. And my website and social media is The Refined Woman. And my weekly podcast is The Refined Collective. Love it. All right, Kat. Well, we appreciate you. And we uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Kat, you're amazing. Thank you so much yes. again for coming on the show. Um, we really appreciate you. And guys, make sure to go check out all of her things. Yeah. Can't wait for her book to come out. That'll be exciting. You're going to be first in line. <laughs> I want my autograph. <laughs> I'm going to be like stalking her like in Nashville and be like, hello. Be like, are you doing a book signing? <laughs> No, she's great. I yeah. think, I, I, I yeah, I, and I think what you said, you really, what you said in the intro about like that she's doing the work to the people who are still kind of like fully in that evangelical mode. Like, I, I, I think that that's such important work that yes, she's doing. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, very scary, vulnerable work for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, those people don't like it when they nope. when, when when anyone says things that isn't everything that they already agree with. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's yeah, it's definitely hard. I mean, it's one of the reasons, well, anyway, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> so, the one thing in the in the intro that we didn't get to that I I wanted to talk about. So, um So, after the the guy ghosted me, mm-hmm. I had this moment of manic almost and not because he not because of him 
-hmm. but I just, I think I was so looking forward to companionship and meeting someone and, and, um, then I had asked you, I was like, well, can you grab a drink? And then you couldn't. And then I asked oh, my yeah. sister yeah, yeah. and then my sister couldn't. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go grab a drink by myself. And I'm, you know, well, then it was like packed. Everywhere was packed. No masks, like in the bars, like so infuriating. Yes. And I'm like, I'm not going to just sit around like and act like this is okay. So instead I went to an ice cream store and I got ice cream and then I walked back to my office and I'm sitting here like by myself eating ice cream and thinking like, what am I doing right now? Why am I craving something that's not there? Like what is happening? So then I was like, um, like I had thought about texting the guy that's in my building. Like, uh -huh. I, I mean, I was just kind of, I was just reaching, right? Yeah. So then I went over to my piano and I started playing a song and in the middle of the song, I just started like weeping. Um, and I had a realization that um, I am just not okay. Hmm. Um, I'm still grieving my ex. Of course. And I've just, I realized that I've just been on this like, <sighs> like just trying to, like almost like running through life blindfolded. Like I had my surgery and then it's like I went right into all of my work with my sales job and went right back into piano and started dating again and um am still getting over my ex and then like trying to get over him and then feeling like i'm getting over him and being like i'm fine and i'm gonna date more and like i'm gonna keep working and i'm gonna work all of this and i'm gonna do all of these things because i'm fine i'm fine mm -hmm. i'm good i'm good you know um and then i just realized that I'm not. And I realized how depressed I've been lately. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I've been crying a lot, having a lot of like really intense emotion. Um, and it just re realizing that I needed to stop and like just do some really deep self-care. Mm. So... Um, you know, I just made some decisions of where in my life I can pull back, where I can like really give myself a chance to to heal and not put so much pressure on myself to keep growing and bringing in income and learning and all of this. And then I just needed to just like let myself breathe. Yeah. Um, and had a couple really good conversations with some of our listeners who had checked in you know how are you doing and yeah um i actually got a lot of dms about like we don't care that you cry like it, you know we don't care that oh you good i'm yeah. so glad that people hit you up yeah but they were like we don't care that you cry they're like we love it like yeah. you're being vulnerable and um i was like there's like one there's gonna be one day where i'm just gonna lose it like i'm just gonna lose it mm. and um but also another listener um, who's a friend of mine who wants to meet you, by the way. He's fanboying you. Oh, cool. Let's yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> he said, he's like, it's, he's like, you've grown so much. Like we yeah. all, we all see you've grown so much. And he's like, and I think the reason why you're more emotional is because you're actually allowing yourself to like, you understand what you're feeling more. Yes. And so I think because I understand what I'm feeling more and I'm more aware of it, 
and I've grown so much, that's why the emotions are so raw and so heavy. Yes. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I had that realization. I like, I don't know. I just, it, sometimes it feels kind of hopeless. Like I was up mm. crying last night about my ex. Mm-hmm. Like, when am I going to get over him? Like, when yeah. am I going to move on? And maybe it will take someone else to really heal, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then just giving myself grace to, like, to do that. Yes. You know? That, like, there will be a guy one day who will fight for me. Yeah. Who will pursue me and who won't give up. And I think I realize what what hurts the most to me is that the the all the false promises Hmm. words are so important to me Hmm. and so the you know asking me to move in with him and then taking it back the um saying things like i don't want to lose you Mm -hmm. and then letting me go Mm -hmm. saying things like i want to be with you forever Hmm. and then like obviously you don't Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. I, I just, I've been think really thinking about it and thinking about like how I can heal. And I also realized this week, like I've been kind of on this path of like, okay, I have all these like goals, like financial goals. And I've been doing all these affirmations and like my new job is going to help me like get out of debt and I'm going to have my own apartment by like August and all of this stuff. And I realized also that that's really not the core of who I am and what I want. Hmm. And what I want is, of course, financial freedom and security and to be able to like feel in control of my finances. Absolutely. But I've never wanted wealth. Yeah. I've just never, that's just not me. I mean, if it were to happen, like, great, you know, but like, it's not like, I'm not going to, I'm not a person that's going to get up every day to like, get the dollar. You know, mm-hmm. that's my goal is to bank, 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 bank. Yeah. Um, and what I want is like a, a relationship, mm-hmm. like with someone that I love who loves me. Yeah. That is what I want. That mm-hmm. is the main thing that I want in my life moving forward. And so I think just coming to that realization and all those other things that had been distractions over yeah. that yeah was just really big and i just you know i'm just trying to sit in that and be okay not being okay that there are like so many things i want to say <laughs> that number one like that's such a beautiful story and just the the number of things that sort of demonstrate so much like health and growth and self-compassion and self-love you know from like i would like to go be around people Mm -hmm. and then you and then you kind of get in that situation you're like this doesn't feel right and then it's like well okay what is something nice i can do for myself and then ice cream and playing the piano and then like getting in touch with that like that just that self-awareness and that and like and the other thing is like it's all it's all good and and right and healthy and okay right because i think a lot of times like that part of you that needed to fill the void right after the 
the, the breakup with goals and self-improvement and moving forward, that's good and healthy, right? Like, because mm-hmm. when you've got this void, you don't just want to sit with this open wound and like mm-hmm. just have all this time on your hands to ruminate on it, right? Like, so that's good and healthy. And then realizing like some of this busyness and just go, go, go is not serving me anymore. And like, that's good and healthy. And like, um, I don't know. I just think that's so wonderful. And like, I, I've thought about some of the same things as you like I'm like wow like I think even though it was relatively short like I think I'm pretty hurt from the previous person that I was seeing and the way that ended and stuff like that like and and hearing what you're saying about the difference between wealth and like what you really want for your happiness and like I would say the the part that I've been thinking about lately is is that is exactly what you said about like sort of being in that relationship but to me I'm like okay can I push myself even further and say that what I'm actually wanting is to sort of like live in relationship mm-hmm. and that, that doesn't need to be like I mean yes I would li- yes it's important to me that, that there be a sort of life partner as part of that but like what's in my control right now is like how much of my time do I spend talking to and just being with the people that I care about to like live in relationship as opposed to like, oh, now I'm done work. Now I got to work out. Now I'm done working out. Now I'm going to watch TV or now I'm going to like do this little side hustle or whatever. Like it's like, cause I, and I think the more we do that stuff, like the more it just like we feel like oh I don't have time for that stuff but like then the other shit that's not serving you is gonna fall away and like mm-hmm. I don't know so that's what I'm trying to do but I'm mm-hmm. sucking at it right now so <laughs> who knows well I mean it's we're fed our, we're fed as a society that we ha- have to have it all yeah and we just cannot possibly do that and, and I think what I love about this realization you came to is like when you and I went on Dave Glazer's podcast, I was sort of talking about this at one point, this idea of like, and like you and I have talked about how we learned this lesson from yoga of it's important when you do a yoga practice to like stretch yourself and push yourself or whatever, but to not do that from a place of like, oh, I have to do the best pose or go farther than anyone else in the class or go go farther than I did yesterday. Like that ego, and because so, sometimes that's quote unquote self-care or self-improvement mindset is coming from a place of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not okay as I am. And mm-hmm. anything that's coming from that place is not going to mm-hmm. serve you. Yeah. And and so I love that you, it sounds like you sort of recognize that and like, let me step back. Like, I don't need to get better and do more. Like, I'm just okay. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't feel great, you know, yeah. I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that with you guys and um, just, you know, because I think I think it's easy for us to kind of jump on and be like, well, this is what happened and because there's these funny dating stories and this thing that happened. Yeah, and, and this is what we have all figured out. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, 
<sighs> it's just part of life. And there's part of me that's just so frustrated that I'm still dealing with this. It's been like three months and it was only a six month relationship. And then there's like just some self judgment there. Like, why is it taking me so long? But then it's also like, well, it's not just that. It's all of the shit that comes up from past relationships and past trauma exactly. that I'm dealing with and I'm still working through it. And so anyway, um, yeah, I just, you know, it helps. I, I don't, I know that like, I appreciate all of these messages of you guys appreciating our vulnerability mm -hmm. because it also helps me so much to like dialogue about it. It mm. helps me release it. Yeah. You know, it's like when I'm able to speak it, it just, it takes a burden off of me. Yeah. Can I, this is going to sound weird and it's not going to be too long of a tangent, but like that is why uh, Howard Stern was one of my heroes growing up was because like, I started like listening to his show when I was like 14 years old and I was filled with like guilt and shame and like, like all teenagers are right. Like I'm weird. I'm not cool. Everyone else is cool. I'm faking it. I'm going to be found out any minute now. Mm -hmm. Like, and his whole thing, you know, there's lots of things that are not great about Howard Stern, but his whole thing that is actually like beautiful and amazing is he's like, there's all of these things that people feel shame about or feel like they have to hide and like pretend like oh I don't have like petty selfish thoughts or I'm I'm not like lustful or whatever right and he's like I'm just gonna say it mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna be like hey like I jerked off last night to porn like three times you know what I'm saying and yeah. like and not like glorifying it but it's like it's confessional almost mm -hmm. and like when we like we I, I truly believe we're everyone is as sick as their secrets so mm -hmm. if there's things that we're hiding from others that were like we and we don't want other people oh if people found out about this what would they think or whatever like release it mm -hmm. and like I don't know like, well, I, like there's so much amazing healing power in yes that. and that circles all the way back around to this conversation we have in cat with cat yeah is all of the stuff in the church that they're telling, well, you can't do this, you can't do this. Well, it's like, well, what are you doing? And and nobody ever says what they're doing because you're not allowed to come up because then you're shamed by the church. Yes. You know, so it's just kind of this like cyclical, like really shameful circle. Yeah. Right? Like A cyclical circle? Sure. Cycle? <laughs> cyclical cycle? Well, but like, and, and that's why like, I, I, to this day, I don't trust people that even, like, implicitly have this, like, look to me as a moral example. Mm -hmm. Like, the truly good people, like, Howard Stern is, like, actually a good person. Like, you know, like, and you can, and you should always, like, look to people who are, like, I'm fucked up. Like, I don't have it all figured out. Like, I'll tell you, like, all the ways that I am a mess. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, those people, I think, are far less dangerous. And it's far better to, like, sort of put some trust in those people than the people who are like, yeah. look at me and you should try to be like me because I'm great or mm -hmm. moral or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay. Sorry this was such a long episode, you guys. Okay. Also... Sorry, I just, a teaser for later. I'm obsessed with the finale of The Bachelor and the After the Final Rose, and I can't stop listening to, like, I've listened to Rachel Lindsay be interviewed about it. I've listened to Matt James be interviewed oh, about it. Oh, interesting. And he still didn't say much, and I'm like, uh -huh. I don't know. I would like, we should do, like, a bonus. Ooh, we, maybe for Patreon. Yeah, or maybe. Or, we could, or even just a bonus for our 
We could just do like a bachelor yeah. recap bonus. But I would love it to just not be like two white people talking about race issues on The Bachelor. But I don't know. So maybe we can figure, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Really quick gratitudes. Like yes. really quick. Okay, you go first. Uh, I, well, I'm grateful for a platform where I can be open and honest and vulnerable and appreciated for that. Yes. You go. I would say that um, I've had a lot of um, uh, fear and anxiety and frustration about the way that my body doesn't behave like it used to mm. 10 or 15 years ago. Um, however... Uh, I'm really grateful that I was like that my body was able to do what it did today and that like I, I it's yeah that that I'm healthy and that you know what I'm saying like um, as much as I like complain about all the suit I'm like that's so stupid you know like um, I'm so lucky uh, so I feel grateful about that that's great yeah. All right, guys. Well, make sure to go follow Kat on Instagram at The Refined Woman. Follow us on Instagram at Hello and Goodbye Podcast, at underscore Lena Joan, at The Real Jared Rodriguez. Um, become a patron on our Patreon account, patreon.com slash hello and goodbye. A patron? Pod- a patron. A patron. Pat- <laughs> <laughs> become a patron or a proton or an electron. See, if you guys skip this part, you're missing out. It's true. Yeah, at the end when we get real like delirious, that's I know when it's that's good. really yeah. You got to stick around. Yeah. Patreon.com/slash Hello and Goodbye Podcast, and everything is on our website, including links to the Patreon sponsors. Everything www.hellongoodbyepodcast.com. We love you. We love you. Like really love you. Love yourself. Love each other. We love you. <laughs> I just I don't know. I'm really feeling. No. That. Is that is that is that silly? No. It's precious. I love it. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.